Good morning. A very warm welcome to our podcast and phone service for Christmas. You're very welcome this morning and happy Christmas to you all. Today's readings are going to come from Luke's Gospel, but we're going to begin with a prayer and then our opening carol, O Little Town of Bethlehem. O God, our Father, who by the bright shining of a star led the wise men to the city of David, guide us by the light of your Spirit, that we too may come into the presence of Jesus and offer our lives and our worship to him, our Rescuer and Lord. Amen. Oh 
first reading is from Luke chapter 1, verse 26 to 38, the announcement uh, from the angel Gabriel to Mary. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favoured one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying, and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favour with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We're going to have our next carol while shepherds watch their flocks by night.
second reading comes from Luke chapter 1, verse 39 to 55. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country, to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfilment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, before we consider those great words and reflect on them, we're going to have another uh, carol, another hymn. Uh, Lord, you are rich beyond all splendour but for love's sake became so poor.
Well, let's pray as we consider God's word together. Heavenly Father, thank you that you've spoken to us. Thank you for the good news of Christmas, of this baby born to save us. Please help us as we consider your word now. Please speak to us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Why do you believe what you say you believe? Each week we declare in the faith what we believe, but why do you believe it? Do you just believe it because you've been taught to believe it? Maybe you've been told not to question it. Maybe you're not sure if you believe it, but it's a a bit of an insurance policy, just in case, just in case it's true. Sometimes people say, I'm sceptical, and I ask a lot of questions. Religious people don't, they just believe. Is that true? Well, no one can accuse Mary of blind faith. When the angel appears to her, she doesn't simply say, oh, how wonderful, an angel is talking to me. Uh, No, Luke tells us that she's greatly troubled in verse 29. She's greatly troubled and tries to discern what kind of greeting this is. She tries to work it out. She thinks it through. She thinks carefully. She weighs things up. She's asking herself, am I really seeing an angel or have I just eaten too much cheese? She's thinking things through. Sometimes we think that the people in the first century were, were less intelligent than us, but that's not true. Sometimes we think they're more ready to believe anything, but not Mary. She questions, she weighs things up. And when the angel delivers some fairly shocking news that contradicts what she learnt in her biology class, she asks the question, how can this be? Verse 34, how will this be since I'm a virgin? Mary asks questions and she uses her reason, just as we must today, if we're going to have faith like her today. Well, this Christmas, let's journey back with Mary to this wonderful announcement and see what we can learn from her. And the first thing we learn from her is that she responds gradually. Mary's faith happens in stages. Because the Christian faith involves the commitment of our whole life, it's right that we consider things carefully. Sometimes people do come to faith uh, just about instantly, You think of someone like the Philippian jailer when he was uh, in prison and there was the earthquake and he'd heard Paul and Silas singing hymns uh, and then he he must have fallen asleep and the earthquake happened. He thought, they've all escaped and my neck will be on the line. And so he was about to kill himself when Paul said, no, don't harm yourself, we're all here. And he called for the lights and then he spoke to Paul and Silas and he asked, what must I do to be saved? And Paul told him, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. And he did that moment and his life was changed. He began washing the wounds of Paul and Silas. Sometimes it happens like that. But more often, our journey to faith takes time. And Mary's journey, well, it's fairly quick, but it's still a journey, isn't it? Her first reaction to hearing the news of God becoming man is one of total shock. How will this be? It sounds impossible. If you stop about and think about it, the the message of Christianity is pretty shocking, isn't it? The news of God taking on flesh to save his people. What God would do that? Why not stay out of this painful mess of a world? And then there's the mechanics of it. Mary understands how things work. She knows that she's not married 
and she's been obedient to God's law for sex, abstinence outside of marriage, faithfulness within it. How is this going to work, she asks. She, she knows how things work. She knows this is going to be a problem. Now, some at this point would simply close their minds. Some doubters don't want answers. They're happy to remain in their doubt and scepticism. But Mary does want answers. She's not doubting that God can do it. She just wants more information. She doesn't stop the conversation. She asks for more details. And look at the wonderful answer she's given in verse 35. The angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. You might remember when Moses built the tabernacle, God covered it with his presence and glory, and that same word, overshadow, is used. God chose to put himself in one particular place. And Luke uses that same word to say God is choosing to fill Mary's womb with his presence. Just as the Spirit of God hovered over the waters to create the world, now he hovers over the womb of a virgin to begin a new creation. And because this baby was conceived by the Holy Spirit, this means this baby will be fully man and fully God. Because he's Mary's son, he's human, he's able to understand our weakness, our temptation, our pain. Jesus understands the temptation to, to lose your temper, to be selfish, to lust, to covet. And yet amazingly, because he's born of the Holy Spirit, conceived of the Holy, by the Holy Spirit, there's a break from Adam. Here is a fresh start. He's not corrupted by the guilt of Adam. He's able to say no to temptation. Did Mary understand all of that? Well, possibly not at this stage. But the angel reassured her with something she could go and check out. Her relative Elizabeth is six months pregnant. Now, before the days of smartphones and Facebook and WhatsApp, uh, this is the first Mary's heard of it. She hasn't heard before. Well, here is something she can go and check out. You see, she can test the angel's words. She can go and discover if it's true. And with this news, Mary moves from shock and questioning to simple acceptance of God's word. Do you see her wonderful words in verse 38? Verse 38, Mary said, Behold, I'm the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. She's not saying, oh, it's so clear now, I get it. Nor is she saying, oh, I love this and I'm so excited to be a part of it. She is saying, look, it doesn't all make sense to me now, but I will follow. Sometimes we need to be in that space. Sometimes we face things in life and we wonder, God, what are you doing? And we have to say, I don't fully understand, but I will follow you anyway. Sometimes it's a step uh, on the journey to faith. There's a willingness to take God at his word, even when we don't fully understand. Well, finally, Mary moves from acceptance to delight in God's word being true. Imagine the joy when Mary sees Elizabeth's bump as she approaches Elizabeth and sees there is a baby there. There is a bump in Elizabeth's tummy. What the angel said was true. And then Elizabeth's greeting to Mary must have almost floored her. 
You see, Elizabeth knows about Mary's pregnancy before she's even said it, and there's no bump showing yet. And what does she call the baby in Mary's womb? She says, she talks about Mary as the mother of her Lord. She calls the baby her Lord. What a confirmation of the angel's word. Well, not only is Elizabeth pregnant, but Elizabeth is now speaking about Mary's baby, filled by the Holy Spirit, calling that baby her Lord. And Mary responds by bursting into song. These words that uh, sung at even, evening prayer, the Magnificat, uh, these words where Mary says, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour. Mary connects all that's happening to her to the promises that have been made in the Bible over the centuries. She can't believe that she has been chosen to be involved in God's rescue plan. And now she's not just accepting God's word, but delighting in it. Well, so far we've seen that Mary responds gradually. She responds in wonder. And now she responds uh, joyfully. She started by carefully weighing up everything. But now, when she finally understands God's word, she is amazed that she should be included. Well, how do you feel about the Christian message? Do you see the wonder of it? I think there's a danger that as we say the creed week by week, the words just trip off the tongue and we don't really think about how amazing it is. Think about those words you say most Sundays, I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Wow! Isn't that amazing? Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Or as we say in the Nicene Creed, for us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit. Would you say that Christianity is something that's mainly done by you or done for you? What's the difference between the two? Well, if you think Christianity is mainly something you do, it's mainly you going to church, saying a certain creed and living a certain kind of life, well, then you'll not be too amazed by it. It's something done by you. You'll just say, of course, I'm a Christian. But what if Christianity is rather something done for you? That's what Mary says in verse 49. She says, verse 49, For he who is mighty has done great things for me. Now, of course, for Mary it was unique, wasn't it? God was coming to live in her womb, and she was in some way going to give birth to the Son of God. And yet, as we sang in our opening carol, O holy child of Bethlehem, descend to us, we pray cast out our sin and enter in, be born in us today. Isn't that amazing? There's a way in which every Christian is like Mary, in that everyone who trusts in Christ receives by the Holy Spirit Christ in you, the hope of glory. If you are someone who trusts in the Lord Jesus Christ, then in some way Christ is in you. An incredible truth. Have you that sense of wonder that you belong to God? Well, if you haven't got that sense of wonder, let's just retrace 
Mary's steps to reflect where we are on that journey and how we might have more wonder. There's a place for asking questions, as we saw, first of all. To think about what you believe, to ask God questions, to chew it all over, to ask God for his help to believe, to say, I struggle with this bit, God, please help me. God has to open our hearts. And maybe you're aware of how he's been doing that recently. And you could pray that he would do that more and more. Well, next, Mary accepts God's word. Even when she doesn't fully understand, she says, I am the servant of the Lord. This is a statement that has much to teach us. It's not blind obedience, but a recognition that God is God and he's worthy of our service. Let me ask you this evening, can you say, I am the servant of the Lord? Even when you don't fully understand, are you willing to trust that God is good and in control? Are you willing to be the servant of the Lord, even when it might be costly? You see, for Mary, it could have cost her her marriage. <laughs> Joseph would surely not believe her when she told, her, told him that this uh, baby was from the Holy Spirit. He might have, well, in fact, we know from Matthew's gospel, he did try to, to call off the marriage. It might have cost her her reputation. What would people think? It could have even cost her her life if they accused her of adultery. But she's willing. What would it cost you to say that you are the Lord's servant? Here's two helpful questions that you could ask yourself as you think about this. Firstly, are you willing to obey anything which the Bible says clearly that you should do, whether you like it or not? Are you willing to obey anything the Bible says you should do or you shouldn't do, whether you like it or not? Secondly, are you willing to trust God in anything he sends into your life, whether you understand it or not? They're hard questions, aren't they? But questions that help us to, to work out, are we the Lord's servant? Well, we may say it was okay for Mary, but she, she, she had an angel telling her this. But think about it. She had to make this surrender before she knew what Jesus was going to do for her. We know, of course, that for every sacrifice Mary would make for Jesus, he would do infinitely more for her. Mary accepted that she may not be believed, that it may cost her her reputation, uh, possibly her life. But Jesus accepted God's will, knowing that it would definitely cost him everything. When he was in the Garden of Gethsemane and he was sweating drops of blood because of the pain of what he knew he would face, taking God's wrath on himself for our sin, yet he said, not my will but your will, I am the Lord's servant, let it be to me. Jesus knew that for him to be a servant of the Lord would plunge him into the unfathomable darkness of the cross. But look what his obedience achieved for us, eternal life. Well, when we see what Jesus has done for us, surely that makes it easier for us to trust him than it was for Mary before she knew all of this. Well, as we close this evening, let me ask you again, where are you on that journey? There's a place for questions. Do, do ask them 
uh, do uh, come and talk to me if you want to ask questions, if you want to uh, come to Christianity Explored. Well, there's a place for questions, but when once we've got answers, sufficient answers, there's a place to, to accept, isn't there? A place to say, I am the Lord's servant. A, a place to accept what the Bible clearly says, whether you like it or not. A place to accept whatever God sends into your life, whether you understand it or not, to say, I'm the Lord's servant, I know he's good. And then a place for amazement. A place for uh, amazement at all God has done for us. My soul will magnify the Lord. My spirit rejoice in God my Saviour. He has done great things for me, and holy is his name. Let's pray as we close. He who is mighty has done great things for me. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for the great thing you've done for us in sending your Son into this world to be our Saviour. Help us to be able to say, I'm the Lord's servant. Whatever you send to us, whatever your word says, may we be willing to obey. Help us by your Holy Spirit to be those who love and obey you. In Jesus' name, Amen. Well, let's continue in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the light that you've brought into the darkness. We thank you more than ever for the gift of your Son, who came to bring us joy and peace, both now and forever. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Sovereign Lord, as we look forward to the new year, we pray that you would help us all to resolve to live with Christ as Lord, and to desire to get to know you better through your word. We entrust the future to you, and we do it with joy and with confidence. We do it with the sure hope that you already know each step we will take, and that you will be with us to direct each one of them. Whatever may come in the year ahead, we pray that you would glorify yourself through us, in times of joy or sadness, in times of security or trial, in times of peace or temptation. Make yourself known and make yourself great through us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord Jesus, you know what it's like to live in this broken and painful world. You were acquainted with grief and sorrow. You faced more than any of us will ever face. And so we thank you that you understand whatever challenges we're facing. Thank you that you're able to sympathize with us in our weakness. We thank you that by your wounds we are healed, forgiven and have a wonderful future. Please help us to trust you among the pain. We pray especially for those in any pain or distress of any kind at the moment. In a moment of quiet we remember them. We pray you would comfort the grieving and give them your peace that the world cannot give. And we ask that it may please you to relieve those who are unwell from their pain and to give them patience in their suffering, as you patiently endured suffering, to give them a sense of your presence, and to restore them to good health. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And the Collect for Christmas. Almighty God, you make us glad with the yearly remembrance of the birth of your Son, Jesus Christ. Grant that as we joyfully receive him as our Redeemer, we may with sure confidence behold him when he shall come to be our Judge who is alive and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. 
Well, just a, a few announcements before our final hymn. Uh, Dorothy and I are on leave uh, now, and uh, Canon Mark Lidwell is available if you should have any pastoral needs during this time. Henry Jordan will be taking the services on the 1st of January, um, and we'll be back uh, shortly after that, and uh, back for services after that. So we look forward to, to seeing you soon. And we're going to sing our final hymn, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, which reminds us of what Jesus came to do, to bring peace on earth, peace between God and man, God and sinners reconciled. we close. May the joy of the angels, the eagerness of the shepherds, the perseverance of the wise men, the obedience of Joseph and Mary, and the peace of the Christ child be yours this Christmas, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among us and remain with us always. Amen. <laughs>